Welcome to Rebel Roundup, ladies and gentlemen, and the rest of you, in which we look back at some of the very best commentaries of the week by your favorite rebels. I'm your host, David Menzies. Well, so much for flying the friendly skies. A 76-year-old man gets on a WestJet flight, and when he falls asleep, his face mask lowers. And what did the WestJet crew do? Well, naturally, they called the cops. <laughs> Adam Seuss has all the unbelievable details. And speaking of uh, calling the cops, you may recall that the Timwits at Tim Hortons did, did the exact same thing to Tamara Ugolini. Her crime? Simply trying to drop off a petition regarding Tim Hortons' mandate that children attending their camp must be vaccinated. Wow, throw away the key. Tamara has an update on our quest to ensure Tim Hortons receives that uber-scary petition. And letters, we get your letters, we get your letters every minute of every day. And I'll share some of your responses about the unbelievably woke policies at Wild Waterworks in Hamilton. For example, even if you are a man with a beard, staff will still ask you if you're pregnant. <laughs> Those are your rebels. Now let's round them up. Adam Sos here for Rebel News uh, with a fightthefines.com story that's really troubling and I'll, I'll allow you to sort of fill in the details but kind of from what we've heard a bit of an older gentleman Mr. Bialski was on an airplane making every sort of effort from what, from what I've heard to wear his mask and it came down in the course of sleeping but basically another one of these crazy stories where an older gentleman maybe with some medical issues just being harassed and ultimately arrested because of some mask issues on an airplane. What's the story? We don't know much at this point, but I'll tell you what we do know is that we have a 76-year-old client, which is obviously a senior. Um, you know, this fellow has had a double hip replacement. He's got numerous medical conditions. Uh, one of the nicest guys that we've ever come across uh, on a flight, WestJet flight, um, just, just trying to finish the flight. I believe it was transatlantic as well. I'll have to check the file. Um, we've got so many of these Fight the Fines files, and it's mm -hmm. so bizarre to me, Adam, to still be opening Fight the Fines files after the pandemic has supposedly mm -hmm. come to an end. This fellow was on the plane. Uh, there's allegations from WestJet that this, uh, you know, kind gentleman was essentially belligerent, and he was given a ticket under Canadian aviation regulations for failing to wear a mask, even though he was making best and reasonable efforts to wear a mask. Um, he's a great guy. It's just so bizarre uh, to see the heavy hand of the government and these draconian uh, mandate uh, uh, mandate implementations still affecting seniors and reasonable people in this province. Um, as you know, it's a little calmer provincially, but in the aviation federal jurisdiction, we're still seeing insanity in this area. These backups at airports and the federal government's outright refusal uh, to dump uh, what we see as completely unnecessary bureaucratic implementations of these mandates. Um, this is another fight where we've got, you know, an elder, elderly gentleman with serious medical conditions who was um, unreasonably given basically a, a charge that 
we're going to meet, uh, and we're going to treat it like the O.J. Simpson murder trial, and we will defend this man uh, to the end. Um, and like we do with all the fight the find stuff, just another one, chalk up another one in the books. <laughs> I can't believe these are still coming into the office. It's, it's just unreal. It's yeah. absolutely unreal. We're here. Uh, we're going to take care of this guy. Well, there, there's just this, like, I get a healthy individual with, I mean, I don't necessarily agree with, that. I'm not saying I get it, but is there no common sense? Is there no application of reason? We've seen this happen with old people, with, with medical conditions, with babies, small children. What is going through their heads? The, 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 this has been the question since the start. It doesn't take, you know, a triple digit IQ to realize that you can't wear a mask when you're eating or drinking or that if you fall asleep and you lose, uh, you know, control of your faculties, that m a mask might slip down. Um, another thing that we're seeing is these power trips by uh, non-bureaucrats, but by people in positions of power. And it's weird to see stewardesses and, you know, aviation's staff um, having people arrested at airports, especially 76-year-old men that have double hip replacements for uh, failure to wear a mask, especially when they're trying to comply. That's the biggest issue. Um, now, again, all the facts, uh, they're not on the table yet, uh, and this will have to go through uh, due process, but frankly, we're going to put the prosecution to the task as we do in each and every one of these cases to make sure that they prove their case beyond all reasonable doubt. Um, and we'll do that here. Well, folks, just when you thought COVID craziness couldn't possibly get any more insane, well, yet another ludicrous benchmark is achieved. Just imagine the COVID Karens running WestJet. They thought it was completely appropriate to call the police on a 76-year-old man whose mask slipped down while he slept. And likewise, the cops thought this man, well, yes, he needed to be arrested too, a threat to society. So much for flying the friendly skies. Indeed, flying these days resembles the title of one of my favorite Twilight Zone episodes, and that would be Nightmare at 20,000 Feet. Hurry! He's out there! Hurry! And joining me now for more on this bizarre story is our Calgary-based reporter, Adam Seuss. How you doing there, Adam? Well, I'm doing wonderful. Thanks for having me on. Really appreciate it. Always a pleasure. Adam, when you first heard about this story, did you react as I did? Namely, I thought it was a hoax. I really did. But this is as real as it gets. How yeah. do you make sense of this utter nonsense? Yeah, I, I don't think you can. It is very much the stuff of nonce, like uh, the, the the stories. And I, I'm going to be cautious here because this is a legal proceeding for folks who don't know. It's actually uh, Chad Williamson of Williamson Law uh, through the efforts and through very much your support at fightthefines.com who's advocating for this client. So I don't want to say anything that might affect that case in any way, but I can relay what I know. And I, I first started hearing reports about a sort of a senior citizen being hauled off a plane uh, after landing and arrested because his mask slid down and that seems that seems not not possible that that seems like one of the emails you get and you do a little bit of fishing around and well oh it turns out this that and the other thing uh, when I spoke with Chad Williamson he said they are trying to get to the bottom of the of some of the issues and some conversations so everything I'm saying now is not 
legal, but it's from what people have relayed to me. But effectively, there was one or two times where the 76-year-old the man who was flying uh, transatlantic, um, so uh, an older gentleman and during a very long flight, he has a few medical issues, uh, not all of which I know, but I know he's had a double hip replacement. Um, I, I'm going to be speaking with him soon. Um, he, he's holding off for a little bit now, kind of getting uh, getting his, his affairs in order. But a 76-year-old man with, with a number of health issues – Confronted a few times for leaving his mask down too long, I gather, between bites or between sips, uh, just an absolute COVID Karen uh, flight attendant or flight helper or whatever the heck you're supposed to call him these days, pestering this poor 76-year-old man. And then, of all things, probably exhausted from the ongoing barrage of harassment, he falls asleep. And did he fall asleep with his mask off? No. He was making every reasonable effort to comply with these stupid rules, um, while mainstream media and the Pope seemingly are exempt. And, and his mask didn't even fall off but it slid down while he slept subconsciously well that was the last straw for these uh these i hate to use pastor arthur pavlowski terms but i mean there's some soup nazi sort of action going on there for sure no flight for you no soup for you come back one year uh, heaven forbid a senior citizen's mask would fl slide down ever so slightly as they slept. Most people would think, oh, that's endearing. That's cute. Look at the grandpa. Uh, nope. And from what we hear, Chad Williamson says this guy is just the absolute nicest guy yeah. you'll ever meet. It it's sickening. Adam, there is plenty of blame to go around here, I think. First of all, whichever flight attendant um, – identified this potential typhoid Mary threat because God forbid his mask was over his nose. The fact that there was consensus with the flight crew, oh yeah, uh, how are we going to handle this? Well, we're going to call the cops and get them arrested on touchdown. To me, that is bizarre, this kind of groupthink that thought yeah. this was a 911 call. Secondly, uh, the cops, instead of saying, are you kidding? We've got carjackings we've got shootings we've got arson we, we don't have time for this nonsense nope calling all cars get to the calgary airport and the thing is adam if this really was a threat to society couldn't it be handled differently for example you know and this would be bad because i'm assuming he was deep asleep but wake him up and say i'm so sorry sir but your mask came down, I'm obliged to tell you to put it back up. Or the flight attendant with a gloved hand could have raised the mask back up, problem solved. But they went with the nuclear option. And wh how what is motivating this, Adam? I mean, I, I think what we've seen the last two and a half years is the very worst of people, I call them the COVID Karens, the people that were maybe the hall monitors, uh, the people who were bullies, and this pandemic has enabled them to basically become vigilantes and rat out people. What's your take? Yeah, 100%. It has brought up the absolute worst of the very first worst people. Now, to avoid being entirely negative, what we've seen with whether it's it's some of these freedom protests, the freedom movements, whatever it may be, that is the very best of people. They're looking out for each other. It's entirely peaceful. Um, they're, they're, they're taking care of each other. These people, and it, it starts from the head down from Justin Trudeau and even the, the bosses at WestJet firing all their employees, even with stellar records, even yep. some who had medically <laughs> adverse reactions. This is a top-down problem, and they are rewarding narcs. They're rewarding people who don't handle things. And it isn't just 76-year-old men. We also saw 
parents trying to mask up their two-year-old child and they were kicked off planes like have an ounce of common sense i don't care what the rules are be a decent human being and say yeah mask looks good to me i'm just gonna move on because all this harassment all these arrests there's nothing scientific about it this is vindictive it's it's vengeful um and it's spurred on by this rhetoric that anyone who has any apprehension towards a mask is a villain i think we talked about this a little bit on stream the other day but like i've got a little bit of asthma and wearing a mask on a flight is brutal i can't imagine someone with a serious respiratory issue getting through a long flight without taking a few breaks without cheating a little bit with their masks it's exhausting i'm always coughing for a day after a flight from wearing the mask no it it is bizarre to me I, i still see young healthy people outside jogging riding a bicycle and they're masked up and uh it is baffling but you said it's not scientific, and I agree with you, Adam. As you mentioned, it's a long-haul flight. So presumably at one point, um, almost everybody on that plane took their mask down to have a meal, to drink liquids. Yeah. What, how do you sell that? I mean, is it that the coronavirus respects people who are hungry and thirsty and will lay off infecting them but oh my goodness if you are just sitting there reading a book or you're sleeping yeah you're uh, i mean is this virus that super intelligent because if it is adam i think we're facing our extinction event (laughs) yeah we we should just phone it in there's no point (laughs) fighting back anymore um yeah it's so it, it is, I know, I, I said it's anti-scientific, but it is almost religious. Um, some of these people now, and it isn't just the extremists, it's not just the Dr. Vipons or whoever out there who are constantly fear-mongering. Like, I have friends who are, who would consider themselves apolitical centrist moderates. They literally still are preaching, and this is the fault of mainstream media, they're preaching the horrific Spanish flu level talk and early fears surrounding COVID-19 that were debunked like three months into it. They, even when when Dr. Dina Hinshaw or Bonnie Henry or any other mainstream, Tamara, uh, whoever it may be, uh, they say, Dr. Tam, they say, well, this isn't the situation anymore. We're moving to this. They don't adopt the new best information, even when it's from health officials. They're still echoing those religious talking points about how, well, COVID is going to kill us all. And the fact I wear a mask, that makes me one of the sort of elect. I think that's the crux of this. You know what? One last uh, question on this, uh, Adam, because we're running out of time. Uh, I think you said something very profound there, that it's almost religious. And I tend to agree with you. When I see somebody at this day and age still masking up, I look upon them much like you'd see um, a Muslim lady wearing a hijab, uh, a Christian wearing a cross, a Sikh gentleman wearing a turban. Basically, you're saying I'm on team Islam. I'm on team Christianity. I'm on team Sikhism, except what this is. It's a symbol, I think. And I see it mostly with young people, the people that in yesterday used to revolt on campus against the man. Basically, they're sending a message. I'm pro-big government. I'm pro-big lockdowns. I'm pro-clamping down on our rights because the government is saying this is the best thing to do. The uh, medical necromancers, as our uh, good friend Sheila likes to call them, is saying this is the, the way to you know go. What is your take? Am I reading this right? Because I think if you're young and healthy and wearing one of these bloody face diapers at this stage, uh, it's yeah. not about the virus anymore. Not yeah. whatsoever. 
And you know, punk is dead, man. The uh, <laughs> this is a bit of an aside, but the the people who were the anti-government, anti-big pharma, freedom fighter, punk rock, alt, whatever it may be, folks, they're the ones walking around sticking up for big pharma, even when it, it doesn't make any sense. Sticking up for big government, calling anyone who resists government fascists, um, they have absolutely and completely lost the plot, lost. Uh, lost their roots. Don't get me wrong. There are people within those movements who have sort of moved over to the side of freedom, which is what uh, which was what that was all about. But yeah, we, we've we've gone down a troubling road, and it's sad to see how many people who were once the very people to question this sort of thing, to take a stand, to be the voices opposing government overreach, while well, they're they're uh, buying in. Uh, there's the there's the old uh, I didn't uh, SLC punk to to quote it. I didn't I didn't sell out, son. I bought in. Keep that in mind. Well, these guys bought in hard. I doubt many of them are investing in Pfizer, but the folks who are certainly certainly celebrating that. Very sad to see. And how many extreme examples are there? Like a 76-year-old man being arrested. Like a two-year-old child being hauled off a plane and their family. Like how many cartoon-level caricaturistic examples do they, there have to be to show people how wrong this is? And yet people, they still don't get it. But I guess that's what you get when they're living on their religious convictions. Absolutely. Um, Adam, I referenced the uh, Twilight Zone at the beginning of this segment. I sometimes truly feel we're living through a real-life Twilight Zone episode. It is so bizarre. It's so inexplicable, so nonsensical, and uh, we still see stories like this happening. Incredible. I'm really looking forward to your interview with the uh, 76-year-old gentleman. Uh, That will be great. Thank you so much, and uh, you have a great weekend, Adam. You too. Thanks again for having me. You got it. And that was Adam Seuss in Calgary. Keep it here, folks. More of Rebel Roundup to come right after this. For Rebel News, I'm Tamara Ugolini out front of this post office in Port Hope, Ontario, to finally submit this Tim Hortons petition that I've been holding on to for several weeks now. Uh, If you're not familiar, we began this campaign at letkidscamp.com. You can sign this petition in opposition of an aggressive and unscientific policy that the managerial staff at the Tim Hortons Foundation camps have put in place for all of their campers aged 12 and up. They've mandated that they be double vaccinated. Now, Tim's camp is, like I said, currently enforcing the double, double vaccination on all of their campers and staff. And when I first tried to drop this petition off nearly a month ago at the Tim's Camp Home Office in St. George, Ontario, which was approximately a five-hour round trip, the fearless leaders there actually called the police on me. Let's do a quick recap of how that went. Check it out. Uh, we are unable to unfortunately get any assistance from anyone, so we've called the number. Is it closed? Well, the sign would say so, but we spoke to someone just as we arrived in uh, who was either just trying to leave or coming and yeah, I don't know either. We drove all this way to submit this petition on behalf of some concerned Canadians, obviously 27,000 of them. Right. Um, Where's all the way from? Toronto. Toronto? Yeah. So I guess uh, we'll try again another time. Yeah. Now, it was a little bit confusing back then in person trying to drop off this petition because on the phone, the voice message said that the camp was open, but the locked gates said that the camp was closed. Now, since that time, this petition has garnered an additional 10,000 signatures. When I first tried to drop it off, it was 
at just shy of 27,000 signatures. And now we have just over 35,000. The printed copy that I have here today that I'm going to be sending registered mail has almost 33,000 signatures. So obviously this petition continues to grow and receive support. Now, I had heard that Human Resources Manager April Brown may have had a say or something to do with this aggressive policy, but unfortunately she has not responded to my repeated requests via email and voice messaging. It's funny to note here that after I attempted to drop this petition off in person, we had left voicemails for April Brown directly, and after that time, she seemed to remove her LinkedIn profile, and the phone settings of the home office voicemail has been changed now, so you can no longer reach April Brown directly. So I'm here now. We're going to send this, like I said, registered mail to April Brown. So let's see. Uh, stay tuned as we try to submit this. Okay, so just under 400 pages, 35,000 plus signatures have been submitted to April Brown. We weren't able to do registered mail. However, we're able to send an express post and tracked with a signature required. So perhaps we'll post uh, the tracking number for all of our viewers to be able to follow along and see exactly when this hefty petition is submitted to April Brown at the Tim Hortons Foundation Camp. And we will keep the petition active. So again, feel free to head on over if you haven't already and sign the petition. Find out more, follow our reports at letkidscamp.com. Cheese, talk about a bunch of Timwits. First, Tim Hortons decides to embrace vaccine apartheid for children going to their summer camp. Then they call the police on Tamara Ugolini when she shows up to merely drop off a petition that so many of you signed. And now this April Brown, the Human Resources Senior Manager of Camp Operations, she's apparently gone into hiding, not wanting to answer any impolite questions about Tim Hortons aggressively and unscientifically, and perhaps even harmfully enacting this policy. What a disgrace. Full disclosure, I love Tim Hortons coffee. But their vaccination policy and the way in which this company handles media relations is about as appetizing as a week old donut. And joining me now for more on this story is Tamara Ugolini herself. Hey, how you doing there, Tamara? Oh, I'm well. Thanks, David, over here. Not complying. And what about you? <laughs> not complying either. I, I wish I could rock that T-shirt as well as you do, my friend. But Tamara, the thing we know from two plus years of COVID-19 hell is that young, healthy people are the least likely to get the virus. So why is Tim Hortons embracing this discriminatory policy in the first place? That's one of my very direct and you would think easy to answer questions based on the fact that they've imposed this policy indiscriminately on all youth and staff aged 12 and up. However, Tim Hortons, the fearless leaders and uh, the managerial staff that's imposed this mandate, unfortunately, never respond to my request for clarification and or comment uh, with a question that that specific pointed right to them. So I still have no idea what the merit or the justification for this heavy handed policy was. You know, uh, Tamara, they really have a weird corporate communications department there. 
Um, some 15 years ago, I stumbled on the fact I was one of the first reporters to find out that Tim Hortons was no longer baking their donuts from scratch. They were getting these frozen pucks, as they call them, and they would reheat them in the ovens. That's uh, that's what always fresh means to them now. And when I reached out to the uh, public relations uh, lady at Tim Hortons, she said, we haven't released that information. And I said, yeah, but it's reality. I interviewed a staff member at the restaurant and she actually said to me, unless it comes from my lips, it didn't happen. And I thought this is like somebody trying to deny gravity. But um, getting back to the issue at hand, um, if I'm the parent of a child going to camp and I'm being, you know, forced to have that child vaccinated, I'm sorry, Tamara, I... I'm not willing to undertake that risk. This is an experimental vaccine. It was very much rushed. We see the myocarditis issues that are emerging, which so many people are not talking about. So again, um, so while summer camp is great, it's not worth the risk of getting that jab. I'm sorry. No, I agree. And the the mother who actually alerted me to this policy is in alignment with what you just stated as well. And the myocarditis rate continues to increase as per the government's own reporting data. Kelly Brown and I have discussed this in length on the Rebel platform. And post-second dose, the myocarditis rate for young males is 1 in 35 or 1 in 3,800. I mean, it's an astronomical number, so much so that our chief medical officer of health here in Ontario has finally acknowledged that that risk does exist. And yet, regardless, the Tim's camp has continued with this policy. They've de-rostered the, the child, the youth of the mother who originally alerted me to this policy. And uh, this this kid is, he would, they would be in their fifth year. So the, the final year of the camp. And then of course they can seek scholarship from there. And so he has now been prevented all of those opportunities in his final year attending the camp and to advance into a staff position and of course achieve or have a scholarship granted to him. So it is just so unwarranted what they're doing and, and in my opinion, unethical and not justified. It, and, in addition to that, Tamara, it just seems to be to be so petty and vindictive and mean spirited. And I want to get your take. I mean, I couldn't believe my eyes on your original video when you went out to the camp with our camera woman, Isabel, and uh, maybe the two of you combined weigh 170 pounds. <laughs> and <laughs> somehow you're deemed to be uh, a, a threat, like it's an active shooter coming up uh, onto the property. They phoned the police. Why did they phone the police? Oh, you know, it was so funny when the police cruiser strolled up. I just sighed. And I think you hear it in my report. I'm like, oh, here we go. Right. And I and as soon as the police officer got out of the vehicle, you could tell his disposition. He just thought it was ridiculous. He saw Isabel and I there. And it's like we're just we're these tiny women who are you know just peeking around doing a report. She was actually filming my wrap up of what happened at the Tim's camp at the time that he pulled up and lo and behold, I wish I had have noticed at the time that it was Brent Gretzky. So Wayne Gretzky's <laughs> brother. And I thought, you know, in the moment I'm like, this guy looks so familiar. And uh, it turns out that yes, because he's Brent Gretzky, he looks very much like Walt Gretzky, their father. Yes. And he was so friendly and cordial about the whole thing. Obviously you could tell that he thought it was absolutely ridiculous and asinine that they even called the police on this. 
We never attempted to go onto the property. There was no trespassing. Um, and the fact that they wouldn't receive, you know, a, a stack of papers and a petition just goes to show you what kind of uh, HR and media department they're running at the Tim's camp, as evidenced also by your experience 15, minute, 15 years ago, right? Yeah, uh, it's disgraceful. But I, I can't help but notice the irony here is um, Canada's largest food service chain uh, named after a uh, former NHL great. And it's like when they call the cops up, uh, can we have somebody attached to hockey royalty to come and arrest right? Mary Galini? It's and like I, that's, that's why <laughs> I wish I had have noticed that it was Brent because I would have loved to have gotten his opinion on how he thinks Tim Horton would have responded to this kind of aggressive policy at the hands of the managerial staff and whatever they align with, right? Because as we know it's not based in science or evidence at this point. The, the vaccines don't prevent transmission or infection so what is the point well tim horton was one of the strongest men to ever play hockey in nhl history and i'm sure he's rolling in his grave right now that the restaurant chain that bears his name is uh bullying children and their parents who don't want to get vaccinated uh last question tamara where does it go from here you've sent out uh the petition and uh, at a considerable cost. So if anyone uh, out there wants to chip in to help Tamara's campaign, that would be much appreciated. But um, I don't imagine, giving the, given the arrogance that is inherent to the Tim Hortons company, that they're going to respond. So where indeed do we go from here regarding a final epilogue to this story? Well, as you said, David, you can head on over to letkidscamp.com. At that website, you can find all my previous reports on the subject. There are several, uh, and you can find the petition itself. And of course, you can donate there to help offset the costs of our travel and sending the petition and printing off all these pages. Um, I'm, you know, David, I'm not entirely sure because I'm, I was quite shocked, to be honest, that the petition garnered an additional 10,000 signatures in you know, a few weeks span from when we originally tried to drop the petition off to when I mailed it out formally. So I think we're over or almost close to 36,000 signatures mm -hmm. now, and that continues to grow. So I'm happy to just leave that and keep my ear to the ground on what's happening here. The the uh, My source on this policy continues to provide me with updates. So I'm staying in the loop to see if and when they backpedal or renege on the policy. And of course, if they don't, then that's a report in itself as well. So in the meantime, I would just urge people to continue to sign and share that petition. And we'll see how much support it continues to grow. And maybe there's another physical drop-off attempt in the future. I I'm I'm keeping an open mind on this one. Yeah. And, you know, the other thing, too, Tamara, is the boycott element hurt Tim Hortons, you know, in the on the with their bottom line. And I, I got a, an actual uh, example of that. Last Sunday, I was driving along uh, with Lady Menzoid on Young Street. She was craving a coffee. There was a Tim Hortons. Uh, I said here and she says, absolutely not. Based on your reports, she's done with Tim Hortons. She was a big Tim Hortons fan. So we kept going to McDonald's and Hopefully that company won't uh, commit some kind of COVID-19 <laughs> infraction. Good for her. Yeah. What no, a principled, it's a, it's a story. moral woman. And, and That's great. My final question, I know I said that was the last question, but do you have any indication from this company, Tamara, when, if ever, this policy is going to end? Or is this the new normal for Tim Hortons? Like if we're talking 
2032, a decade in the future, you still have to be uh, triple, quadruple, whatever the, the rule is, vaxxed in order to be a child going to this summer camp. Based on their radio silence to any and all of my questions and also the communication that I've been forwarded again from my source with Tim Hortons and some of their managerial staff directly, it sounds like they're really clinging to this this mandate. And if we can fast track 10 years, I don't know, I guess you would need like 20 or 30 boosters by that time. I mean, who will be left standing to even go to Tim's camp at that point? And who knows how what the health outcomes will be of the children who have been at their camp uh, this summer, right? We've seen unprecedented afflictions in athletic sports, you know, young males yeah. dropping on the field. So when these youth attempt to engage in any sort of physical activity, it makes me really nervous and concerned what the outcome will be there. So I have no idea what Tim's plan is, um, if they even have one or they're just flying by the seat of their pants and obviously unable to attest to or attain any sort of evidence to back up this policy that oddly enough, wasn't even published publicly online. I had to receive this tip again from from a source and a concerned mm. parent whose child has been prevented their camp experience this year. Isn't that interesting? Well, Tamara, thanks for uh, tuning in. I was already upset with this company for dropping the blueberry fritter many years ago, but this, <laughs> this is the final straw. That's it. It's over to McDonald's for their coffee instead. Tamara, you have a wonderful weekend and thanks for keeping on top of this story with your due diligence. And thanks for having me on the show, David. All the best. You got it. And that was Tamara Ugolini somewhere near Coburg, Ontario. Keep it here, folks. More of Rebel Roundup to come right after this. Just the issue of bringing up drugs uh, and pregnancy with 11-year-old is kind of where I had issue as, as a parent. No. Do you know Alexandra Campbell? She's the corporate communications person. Why does she not return calls? Okay, sir, I've asked you multiple times yeah. to leave the property. They want you to leave your own private Who's property. they? The people that are here. Who are the people? What are their titles? I need that information. No. no, I'm not entitled to. And you won't answer these questions if bearded men are being asked if they're pregnant on a water and slide. Again, I do not work for TSSA. Who so are you then? I know. I'm a private investigator who's been hired by this company. Oh, you're a PI. So okay, I need then. you to leave the property, sir. Few things are more fun than going to a water park on a hot, humid summer day, be it zipping down a multi-story water slide or just floating along in the lazy river. A visit to a water park is a great way to beat the summer heat and have a few laughs. But Dwayne of Oakville, Ontario, he's not amused by the way in which Wild Water World in Hamilton operates. Indeed, when Dwayne takes his 11-year-old daughter to the park, Staffers are uber diligent about deriving personal information from Dwayne and his daughter, information that is equal parts inexplicable and <laughs> downright ridiculous. And joining me now to fill us in on the nitty gritty details, it's Dwayne. Oh, hey, how you doing there, Dwayne? Hey, thanks, David. I appreciate you covering this. Well, I appreciate your time, sir. Now, as I mentioned, a water park should be a fun place to visit, but when we spoke off camera, I couldn't believe the crazy questions staffers at Wild Water World were asking you and your daughter. Uh, please elaborate. Yeah, so we arrived, uh, beautiful day. Seemed like a nice park and stuff, but uh, 
we decided to check out the water uh, slides. So there's basically two entrances to two separate water slides on both sides of the main pools. Um, every time up, they would ask us first, they would turn to my daughter and ask her if she was pregnant and uh, if she was on drugs. And then they would weigh her to make sure that she wasn't over 300 pounds. And then they would look at me and ask me uh, if I was pregnant and on drugs and then weigh me. Um, so it was, you know, a bit strange that we had to do this, but then every single time up the water slide, they would repeat um, the same questions. Well, I, okay, I there's a lot to unpack there. Uh, by the way, I think I referred to it as Wild Water World. Water World was that Kevin Costner disaster movie from the 90s. It's, it's Wild Waterworks. This park sounds like a disaster too, in terms of its questioning. Dwayne, um, first things first, you are a 47-year-old man with a beard, and they're asking you, are you pregnant? Oh, I, what this is baffling to me i can't even make sense of it yeah it seems like logic and reasons being replaced by something else i, I don't want to assume anything right but to have most of the people that work at the park are, are young and they're just doing their jobs um you know around 16 or whatnot but they're still well above my daughter's age um and they seem to be asking questions again and again we knew them by the time you know we went up three times just you know through conversation but it's just the parks uh, policy you know, but i'm just trying to figure out what the ostensible policy reason is behind the policy you are clearly male you I mean you've got a beard for goodness sakes i mean uh, is there some suspicion you might have had a uterus implanted in you and you might have become pregnant somehow it, it, it is baffling and your daughter I believe she's 11 years old, um, around 60 pounds or so, and clearly, um, you know, a child. She's asked, A, if she's pregnant, and B, if she's taking illicit drugs. W why would they ask that? I can't guess, um, but the repetition that they asked, um, so we must have went up the water slides about 12 times, so just the issue of bringing up drugs uh, and pregnancy with 11-year-old is kind of where I had issue as, as a parent. Wow, how woke can you go? Asking bearded males if they are pregnant, asking people under 100 pounds if they weigh more than 400 pounds and if they're doing illegal drugs. I thought going to a water park was supposed to be all about having a good time, not enduring a Q&A session driven by wokeness and political correctness and utter stupidity. Meanwhile, the manager of the park, Sarah Kinnear, she, her, claims the park has to ask these queries. She, her, said that Wild Waterworks is spied on by employees with the Technical Standards and Safety Authority. Now, these are the folks who inspect everything in the province from nuclear power plants to roller coasters. But nobody at the TSSA would return our calls and emails to confirm or deny this. And when we paid them a house call to TSSA's Toronto head office, they actually sicked security on us. What the hell is going on here? In any event, you had plenty to say about the utter weirdness taking place at Wild Waterworks in Hamilton, Ontario. Renene 3 writes, Why not leave the minute they start asking these questions 
when people agree to this stupidity, it'll only get worse. Boycott them. Well, Renene, we received tons of responses, just like yours, from viewers saying they will indeed boycott this park. You know, and boycotts can work. Look what's happening at Disney World right now. Attendance is down at this theme park thanks to goofy palsies such as banning the words ladies and gentlemen and boys and girls. So as you know, not to offend the radical transgender lunatic fringe. Wow, Uncle Walt must be turning in his grave right now. Not a Russian bot, right? He should tell the waterslide people he is pregnant and he is trying to abort his baby by taking the slide. That should work because liberals are in favor of abortion. Wow, what a brilliant, albeit dark idea. And really, what would they say upon hearing that statement? Fascinating. Miss Cool writes, what happens if they, meaning men, answer yes and keep a straight face. Uh, you know, maybe I need to visit this watery, insane asylum myself just to find out what the heck goes on in these conversations. Then maybe I'll pretend I'm about to give birth. Hey, two can play at this nut bar game. Tanya writes, Appropriate response to that pregnancy question would be stating that one self-identifies as a female reptile incubating 100 or so coral snakes. Wow, I understand coral snakes are very venomous. Uh, I wonder if manager Sarah Kinnear, she, her, would then declare the park an unsafe space and then shut it down completely. <laughs> Yikes. And Karapik writes... If you're insulted by someone asking your weight, maybe it's time to lose weight. Um, Carrot Pig, I think you have completely lost the point here. When a little girl who is about 60 pounds is asked if she is over 400 pounds, that's just plain crazy. It would be like a liquor store employee asking a senior citizen for ID. Completely unnecessary unless the goal is to make the lineups get even further and further long due to insane questioning of patrons who just want to have fun. Well, that wraps up another edition of Rebel Roundup. Thanks so much for joining us. See you next week. And hey, folks, never forget, without risk, there can be no glory. Good night. <laughs>